That's right, boys and girls. It's time for another Vox podcast. This is Mike Erie with a bit of a sexy voice going. Uh, more more sexy than normal. I, I'm, I'm Andy, I've been fighting. It's either a cold or a flu, but there are some flu elements in the cold. Ooh. And there are some cold elements in the flu, so I'm just been, uh, I've been calling it a clue. <laughs> I've, had, I've been fighting the clue lately, and um, this is like the first day my voice could withstand talking. So, happy Monday. To you, Andy Bear, um, hair's getting long. The mustache is uh, shorn. Yeah. The uh, the Mighty Ducks gear is on. <laughs> That's right. I forget hockey's going right now. Yeah, I, I know. I have no idea. I know. Um, <laughs> it is. Because, <laughs> yeah, hockey, hockey represents that period between the end of football and the beginning of baseball. Yeah. So um, so anyway, are you, are you doing okay? Are you good? <laughs> We're doing okay. They have started to rebuild my kitchen, so I I'm hoping that they will have it built, um, everything cool. done by Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Dude, I just got I got an email from Amazon Music right now that said Def Leppard is now streaming. <laughs> All right. So it's a the- good day for us, Andy. Yeah. I don't care about your kitchen. I don't care about the clue. Uh, doggone it. Def Leppard is streaming, and we are hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't that only appeal to those who who wouldn't own either the vinyl or the CD, which I have vinyl of them. So, I mean, I wouldn't care if they're streaming. I could put that on anytime I want. That's right. That's right. That's what I do. <laughs> yep. Andy Bear, I've got some bad news. Uh-oh. Um, we, got some, we got some comments on the last podcast. Yeah. That and, we did. and I am shocked because everything we have done has been so universally acclaimed <laughs> that I, I, I don't know what to do um, with, with uh, negative comments. So, uh, so, so we were trying to talk about this guy who confesses to what he calls a sexual incident, but what she says is sexual assault, and there was a variance in their ages and the power differential and all this stuff. And I thought, Andy, uh, it would be good to wade into as it was unfolding. Um, but now I need to reconsider my whole approach. Uh, there, there were some, there were some rather pointed critiques of our approach to this that uh, we want to we want to share. Um, first of all, because I think they make some great points. Secondly, because we never want to be um, in, afraid to engage stuff that you know makes us look bad, which. That's why we don't do a vlog cast um, <laughs> and, and show our faces. And then, uh, and then, thirdly, um, yeah, I mean, we 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 were trying to do something that where we didn't have all the facts, and um, perhaps, well, I guess I guess we do that all the time, <laughs> in one sense. Um, but but certainly with this case. So so Andy, why don't you go ahead and unleash unleash the hounds? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Honest. And let's see what we got. All right. Let's work our... So so first of all, first of all, in all seriousness, uh, we are so grateful for people who engage with us this way. And so part of the reason we're going to take part of the podcast is that we just love that you engage. And, and it's respectful and it's gracious and it's pointed. And um, so thank you. Thank you for that. We, we are obviously 
uh, in the process of, um, of learning and growing too. So appreciate this. That's why we feel like it's worth taking time to do this. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to, we're going to avoid names here. So that way you guys can just hear the content and we're, we're posting this cause we, we, I think a lot of great things are said here. So, uh, yeah. here mom. we go. So mom, don't worry. I won't use your name. <laughs> here we go. Uh, number one, uh, Mike loved that you shed light on the issue of church too. I'm used to you shooting straight and being raw. Instead, I'm surprised how you and Andy danced around with so carefully not to shame the original church. If you're going to speak about the issue that uses your platform. Oh, I'm sorry. If you're going to speak about the issue, use the, use that platform to speak all caps. Instead, it was was just filled Dang. with well if it's true dot 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 not to judge not sure what really right. happened we weren't there right. we don't know how sure it is if it was just a girl with a blog etc um guys grow a pair mike you are the only person <laughs> that i consider inside the beltway where you actually have the inside scoop on being a church leader and leading thousands i know right. of no other leader who shares the honesty of the dirty side of ministry i'm so right. thankful uh, for that, and that is the main reason I listen. Now, I'm not saying you were making excuses for the church, uh, but stand up more. Your whole premise was, quote, not to speculate, quote, and being, uh, quote, nuancy. Uh, but 30 minutes on the podcast was dancing around the issue that evangelical leadership has been protecting itself. Well, yes. So, to, to that critique, um, I have three kids, so I have a pair. Let me just throw that out there right now. <laughs> Uh, no, but thank you, thank you for listening. Um, and, and I get it. And and even after we were done recording, I was wondering if we should have waited till more information came out because I felt like I had to dance because I've been on the inside of of a couple of these issues and have learned they're far more nuanced than um, sometimes appear. I don't think this is one of those cases. Right. So. So I will absolutely uh, take your admonition. I, I kind of assumed, and I, I think I was too soft on this, I kind of assumed that we all knew how horrible this was yeah, and how ridiculous applauding. So I was kind of assuming that in the comments, but I should have made that absolutely more clear. Uh, in terms of the first church, yeah, I, I didn't know anything about what had happened. So I felt so bad. Um uh, speaking and, and critiquing a church that I, I had known nothing about. But as it's, as it's turned out, uh, that they didn't reach out to the police. And that is, that right. is absolutely egregious. And uh, it, it, it looks like that they were silencing her side of the story to protect themselves. I mean, absolutely. That's, that is horrific. So um, I, what I hear you saying is either take a stronger stance, even though you know, there's still things coming to light or just wait till it comes to light right. and then take a stance. Um, so that's fair. Yeah. I, I judge, I judge that fair. Yeah. Fair critique. We'll give that the yellow light. <laughs> fair. Fair. Okay. No, that was great. Okay. Uh, next one. Uh, first, I want to say, I love you guys in the podcast. Uh, this particular one just left Thank out you. a couple things I'd like to point out. Uh, oh, one of four, one, it would, it would have been great. Uh, for you to have a woman on the cast to share from her perspective. Always. True. Two. True. The reason a woman would have waited 20 years is exactly the fact that people pick her apart for speaking up. Can anyone seriously yes. tell me of any known incident of a woman making this stuff up other than on TV? I have uh, one. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, we had we had one where um, at a church I worked at, somebody laid out 
allegations against a pastor that were not true. Ah. So, Hmm. and they were very, very serious. So, you know, so yes, your point stands and I'm not in any way contradicting the point. Um, But it does happen. I've also been, but yeah, it does. As rare as it is. And I, and I get your point about why people don't speak up. Absolutely. And I don't even know what that feels like. Right. So, so absolutely point given. Yep. Okay. Number three, her age wasn't even the issue. It would have been, it would have, it would have been a crime if she were 17 or 70. Right. Cause if we're oh, looking okay. at it as well, sexual assault. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're For right. Sure. right. That's good. I, yeah. We missed that nuance. Yep. Um, four, until you have been a 17 year old girl, you can't understand the power that male church leadership has over you, which leads me back to my point. Have a woman on the show next time. Thanks. Y'all are great. Um, right. And you, sh- yeah. Yep. Fair, fair. The the issue here's and here's something. Whoever's writing this, and I'm assuming this is a uh, a woman. Um, here here's what I wrestle with, and I really need some help thinking this through. Because on the one hand, so you've got this whole Me Too phenomenon happening, and we haven't talked about it because uh, you know I figure Andy and I, uh, at least I can't speak for him. Um, but, but for me, it's like, well, I'm not sure male voices are needed to discuss this. You know, I mean, this is, we applaud this movement. We think it's, you know, I think it was Andy who was saying that this is the, the, the fruit of seeds that have been born and, you know, or planted like since the fifties and sixties. I mean, so this is a great thing, but we haven't talked about it because, um, we didn't, we didn't think male voices were, you know, required to chime in, uh, on this instance. This one was different. Because of uh, the fact that it was a mega church, the fact that I, I've been in, in, in a couple of these scenarios. Um, so I felt like I had, I had something to say. But, but here's the issue I wrestle with. Yes, to- of course it would have been better. Um, and we pursue um, folks to be on our podcast a lot, uh, particularly of the female persuasion. Uh, but when it doesn't work out or something's happening in real time, I, I still think it's okay to talk about it while granting the fact that the perspective isn't complete. Is that perspective, the one I just said, is that perspective legit? In other words, do, do we need to feel like if there's anything involving church to me too, assault, you know, rape culture or whatever, that, that we should just remain silent unless we have a female voice on it. Hmm. That's the question I have for you, because I don't know the answer to that. So, so great hmm. point. Absolutely, we would have uh, uh, benefited from somebody who could express the power differential in ways that I obviously would never know. So fair, fair. Judge that one fair. Yep. Excellent. Thanks for being gracious and, uh, and pointing that out. All right. So by the we... way, I haven't heard these. These are all new. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Uh, next one. I appreciate the effort to address this issue in the context of the church. I would like to address two things that seem to be possible blind spots in the conversation. Ooh, I like that. That's right. a good way to say it. Yeah. Here we go. Number one. Uh, you deemed. Uh, you seemed sorry. You seemed very focused on the legality of the issue. That if she were eighteen, not seventeen, it would be a different uh, conversation, which is true. However, you seem to miss the power differential between the youth pastor and youth. That he has forever altered her ability to trust men in leadership, especially in the church. That, that this sense. is a yeah. That this is a this is an abuse of power on his part, no matter how flirty or flattered she was by his attention. Okay. Good. 
two, while speaking about not silencing women, you effectively silence this woman by not doing the work to hear and understand her story. You seem to have at least listened to the pastor's side as you were able to speak to the apology, but didn't know even the basic facts of the case she was bringing. He was not 23. He was, tw- uh, he was 23, not 20. He was, on uh, quote, on staff, which implied authority. She spoke out now because she saw him post publicly condemning another story of inappropriate... Of, um, oh, um, <laughs> impropriety that came out. Impropriety. Impropriety. Man, that's a, a word I did not know. Um, yep. In addressing this in what felt like uh, trying to be neutral, but without even having basic facts about the story. It seems as her voice and her story are continued to be discounted and silenced. Um, she says, I'm not I'm not trying to attack. I do appreciate you addressing this, but would suggest that you might benefit from having a woman speak into these conversations. <laughs> Just like you stated <laughs> that these churches would benefit from women having voices in leadership. Ass. I'm an ass. <laughs> um, absolutely. And we didn't have the facts. So, yes. So we should have waited. That's, I mean, that's what I take away from that is, is I was, I was, the, my Twitter feed was blown up over the standing ovation. So that's the part I wanted to talk about. But you're absolutely right. I didn't, uh, that's why we were being so dancey and nuancey was I didn't know. So fair point. Yep. Yep. Fair point. Okay. So, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know how we can go on <laughs> today. Well, I, I, we have a good enough topic, I think, to go after that isn't going to fall right. victim to this. But um, okay, one good. last comment uh, from a good friend of ours. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, guys, I know you said uh, to quote, please uh, not hold you accountable for clarity of thought on this one quote, and that it was but, just, and that it was just response. But I do have but, some thoughts. But ah! there was a lot of time spent on what was truth and what maybe wasn't. Um, yes, I think that discussion is missing it. Um, yes. You touched on it briefly, but bottom line is that the response from the church was totally out of line, in my opinion. A standing ovation for an apology where the woman wasn't even present or knew about. Um, way to give this guy an attaboy. So the, I did right. take out the other right. – um, our friend expressed a lot more opinion about this, which was actually consistent in alignment with everyone else's opinion. So, But, you know, I just had to take that uh, jab yep. into consideration. Yeah, not a jab. A, yeah, a no, fair, not at all. A fair critique. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, well said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The other part of the critique I'd love to hear is, okay – uh, so if there there are times when we cannot or whatever ha- don't have a woman on, uh, can we still talk about this stuff? Um, right. And uh, so that's that's a, that's a thing I'm I'm genuinely curious about because yeah. Um, because yeah I mean the last thing we want to do is disempower uh, mm-hmm. folks. Uh, but for various logistical reasons and and stuff, uh, we can't always work it out. So, um, there you go, there Great. you go. And I've been I've been reaching out all over the place on uh, on the Twitter to uh, to some to some uh, wonderful young ladies. Um, so we'll see. We 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 we, we want to work and get better at that. So there you go. Yeah, for sure. All right. And the last thing I have is then. Um... Well, there's more. Well, this one isn't a critique. Well, I guess it's a critique of of my understanding of um, certain legal aspects regarding um, age of relationships and that kind of thing, too. It's about time you get freaking critiqued for something, (laughs) Andy. You have no idea. I guard you. I guard your heart from all the critiques that come in towards (laughs) me because then you would just go into – 
into Wolverine right. mode. Just oh no. <laughs> uh, so this is my friend, my friend Sarah. She's actually a social worker um, up in Seattle. So she was gracious enough to reach out and just kind of lay down um, just some basic facts here to understand uh, this as it relates to even now. This, we should have. The the, that's the person we should have had on the podcast. Yeah, perhaps a female social worker. Would yeah, have been outstanding. If yeah, we knew the legality because I was I didn't know what to call it. Right, right. Um, Yeah, so she said, I'm sure you've gotten this message about this, which no, I had not, by the way. Um, As a child abuse prevention professional, the age of consent in most places is 16 or sometimes even younger, depending on the state. In addition to that, there are laws um, about age gaps. So, for example, a 17-year-old having sex with a 20-year-old is not statutory rape. Um, I think most age gaps are four to six years, depending on the state. Um, Now, if she was raped, it would just be rape, not rape. Um, of a minor or anything so yeah, that's it so just uh what, but but what had we said she was raped no what what i was saying was I, I was saying dismiss if you dismiss the sexual assault allegations i was saying like right. let's just take that out of the picture for for a minute and let's say that there was actually a consenting relationship that was taking place here and that he uh, revealed it to the to the early church at that time i was saying it. on on those grounds alone if we're talking about a crime that's taken place here, then this needs right. to be handled and it needed, you know, you, you wouldn't just tuck this thing under a rug. So I was, right. uh, and which will go back to one of the first comments that was made that, you know, even if she was 17 or 70, it would still be a crime. Well, that's where right. I was. I, in this case, I was saying, that's not what I was saying. I was saying uh, had, if the sexual assault part of it wasn't even at play and yet she was fully <laughs> consenting and saying, no, I, I want to have a relationship with this guy. And let's say, let's say it, it wasn't that he, came and said, I feel bad about this and was admitting it to his church, but rather he was just like, no, this is just a relationship I'm in. I'm 21 years old dating a 17-year-old, right? You know, so I was saying if right. that was a crime and it was basically being a hidden crime, I'd say we'd, we'd have some issues, you know, even there right. that, would, that would need to be handled. So I was just yeah. trying to um, not minimizing what had happened, but rather just making a point that even if a crime was being taken place of a smaller allegation in that particular relationship, I'm saying I would have a problem with it. So yeah. that's where I was just trying to – that's where I was taking it. With, granted that how everything was coming out felt like there wasn't a lot – enough got facts. It. So got it, got anyhow, it. that's – that's All right. Well, those are, those are fair. Those are fair critiques and, and graciously said. So thank you. Um, I read a uh, – it was a, a, a quote yesterday. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think it, it was um, – it, the Bible says something similar, but this wasn't the quote from the Bible, but it was a, a true friend stabs you in the front. <laughs> and, and, and it's the idea, of course, that that true friends are always willing to point out blind spots. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're grateful for that. So appreciate you all uh, commenting and caring enough to uh, to not only listen, but to engage with us. So thanks. Yeah. Uh, but today... Um, I've got some other bad news, Andy, because, uh, because you are a doubter, um, <laughs> right. you, uh, you are in sin. Okay. Mm. So our friends at uh, desiringgod.org, um, so sent this tweet out, I don't know, a couple weeks ago and you know, it, it just gets me furious enough to, to, to do a podcast, to hit the link. To hit the link. <laughs> but here, here was the original tweet. Yeah, doubt is slander against the Almighty. Jesus died to save you from doubt, not to make space for it. Okay, that's interesting. 
Um, and so, so that, that got my, what do they say? Dander up. I don't even know what dander is, but I, I certainly don't have any in my head. Um, uh, <laughs> doubt is slander against the almighty. Jesus died to save you from doubt, not to make space from it. Now, as, as a whole community built on the idea that the church should be the safest place to talk about anything and where we try to really entertain some of the deep questions and doubts that people have. Uh, obviously they're either right or, uh, they're unbelievably wrong in terms of how it's stated unequivocally in this tweet. So I went to, uh, the article, I want to quote a bit from the article. Um, uh, this, uh, gentleman begins, it's hard writing words you suspect will be misunderstood. Well, then don't freaking write them like that. <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> um, doubt is slander against the Almighty. But what about the passage in Jude that says, be merciful to those who doubt? You know, what about Jesus where he's getting ready to ascend? And it says that people were there, but some doubted. And Jesus doesn't rebuke them for their doubt. He commissions them in the midst of it. Um, what about Thomas? You know, I will not believe unless I see. And, and Jesus says, well, but blessed believe, blessed to you who believe because you see, but man, even more blessed are those who believe and they don't see. And so there's room for both. I mean, just that tweet, if it's clickbait, it worked for sure. Right. But, but you don't then lead in by saying, hey, it's really hard to write these words that could be misunderstood. Well, that's a really dumb thing you said. And, um, <laughs> and it's not true. And so, okay, I don't feel bad for you. My heart goes out to struggling saints who are prone to find fresh reasons to feel discouraged. I do not wish to harm them. Okay, well then don't say that crap. <laughs> Jesus doesn't break bruised reeds or quench faintly burning wicks. Um, <laughs> imagery that's from the Bible, but you know, not readily uh, understood in our culture. I don't want to either. My aim is not to take wheelchairs away from those who really need them, but to admonish the idol to stand to become strong in the Lord. Okay. So he gets into this analogy. Um, it doesn't matter. So he's, he, he, this is, he's quoting an analogy he's heard uh, for why it's okay to doubt. And uh, he says, um, the analogy goes something like this. It doesn't matter if in the Old Testament, the Israelites had weak faith. If they had, if they put blood on their door during Passover, they were still passed over. They were still saved. Um, the issue isn't how strong your faith was, but how strong the object of your faith is. So it was the blood uh, that saved you, not how strong your faith was, is, mm -hmm. is the point. Um, we do not have to have faith in our faith to be justified. Our faith is, uh, is in the person and work of Jesus. Now, now that's the, that's the analogy. All right. That doesn't matter how strong or weak your faith is. Jesus, because he is strong, is the one that saves us. This is an analogy. Do you see what the analogy is getting at? Yeah. Does it matter if you have faith or doubts because you're saved because of what Jesus has done? End of story. Right. The analogy, he says, has done its job. If it teaches the truth and beauty of justification by faith alone and, and, and lends courage to limping saints who, despite their best efforts and persistent pleas for divine help, feel beaten down and bruised. Um, it reminds them to look outside of themselves to Jesus. Jesus will hold us up regardless of uh, our clinging to him with a wearying grip. But this analogy betrays us 
when it is used to say the strength of one's faith is of little consequence, right? So the analogy is, hey, man, it didn't have to matter whether I had all my doctrine lined up or my faith steady. When I put the freaking blood on the door, that was all it took. It was the blood that rescued me. It wasn't the strength of my, my faith. Mm-hmm. So implication, doubting is okay because you're, you're rescued regardless. Right. I, I think that's the analogy that's being made. And he's saying, uh, but the, this analogy betrays us when it's used to say the strength of one's faith is of little consequences. When we move from the realm of justification, which is our ultimate rescue, to sanctification, which is our um, remolding to be formed in the shape of Jesus, instead of helping wounded saints find hope that leads to stronger faith, this analogy can often be used to protect idlers who are all too comfortable with their weak faith. Hmm. These idlers are spiritual layabouts who do not wage war against their doubts. Uh, they even go so far as to tell us that harboring some doubt is healthy. It's encouraged. So I guess he wouldn't like Pete N's book, The Sin of Certainty. Um, right. They seem, uh, they seem concerned to keep God's appointed means of grace at arm's length. They do not lose any of their many hours of sleep. <laughs> Uh, due to the fact that their doubts dishonor their master and know they grumble against God feel free to keep doing so because after all there's blood upon their door they live among wounded sheep to escape calls to faith maturity repentance Um, such do not need coddling they need admonishment a lifetime of weak and wobbly faith is either God honoring nor safe Uh, it is not a strength it is not a virtue it is not humility is a very serious problem All right. so so far Got it. Uh, don't agree, but I, at least I think I understand what he's saying. Um, uh, don't you cannot come up with the model of weak faith from the Exodus Exodus story? So he goes on this three paragraph thing about listen. The point of the Exodus story was to encourage their faith. Absolutely. Um, uh, and then he gets into the New Testament. He says, stammering, stumbling, crawling faith for one's entire life is not the depiction of saving faith in the New Testament. And I'm like, okay. Um, the disciples? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were still screwing up even after Jesus left, right? Paul, right, rebukes Peter for, for screw. I mean, I, so maybe, okay, I don't know. Um, faith that saves us is characterized as being increasingly stable, steadfast, unshakable, never shifting, strong enough to shield us from Satan's attacks. It keeps us in the love of God, bears fruit, gains victory that overcomes the world. Yes, uh, different seasons can make us wobblier than others, um, but the swaying legs of spiritual infancy need not be perpetual. Uh, Jesus often rebuked his disciples for their little faith, doubting God makes us wind-tossed and double-minded. Weak faith in Romans does not make allowance for doubting God or his gospel. Um, so then, and again, I'm just trying to do him enough justice so that no one can say we did not, that we were attacking a straw man. <laughs> uh, then he says, uh, let's see, doubt dishonors God is the next uh, subheading. Uh, being content with doubt, suspicion, and weak faith is the highest form of contempt we can muster against God. And he quotes Luther, of course, um, because Luther had great faith his whole life, not. And it is tragic tragic to return distrust and suspicion to to the God of steadfast love and truth. We slander him when we refuse to trust him. 
The father of truth is not the father of lies. The God of love is not the God of cruelty. The sin who hung on the cross for sinners, not to be regarded as a deceiver. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, okay, another rant we got to skip. When doubt <laughs> comes, and it will, whispering that God isn't true, the Bible isn't reliable, and Jesus' blood isn't enough, do not make peace with such lies. Do not embrace them. Do not boast about them. Instead, confess them and cling more tightly to the Savior, crying, I believe, help my unbelief. Okay. So, Andy, do you, does this make sense so far in terms of what he's saying? Uh, yes. I mean... So, the, so, so yeah. doubt and suspicion and deconstruction seems to be a badge of honor among some in the Christian community. Right. And, and I think in what he said, like those who are content with doubt, I, and that's where I was a little bit like, I don't know. I haven't met anyone who's having doubts and like, yeah, and I'm content with that. You know, every, everyone I've, I've met, that's kind of like, I've got, I'm wrestling with doubt or I'm, I feel like whatever I'm weak in my Christianity or weak in my faith. All of them to me feel like they're intention. Like they're not content with that. Like they're more like they're asking questions. They're trying, they're actually pushing harder into things. Like the doubt is taking them somewhere. They're not just sitting in it. I understand what you're saying. I do agree that there seems to be a bit of this kind of subculture that says like, okay, well now I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of in this whole other phase, you know? And like, well, I'm, I'm, my point it, is, my point is there's a kernel of truth here. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> like that little piece, like that. What you just said, that little piece, I'm like, okay, I, I get I get that yeah. idea of like coming against like wanna, those who are wearing wanna, that badge of honor. Yeah. You don't want to idolize doubt. Right. And, and simply say, well, right? I mean, because then that's just another form of faith. I mean, you know, it's not, now it's not faith in Christ, it's faith in my doubting and right. my suspicion and whatever else. And so on the one hand, I'm like, okay, there's there's a kernel of truth here. And, and I think God does want a mature faith for us. The issue is, what does a mature faith look like? Right. And for this individual, mature faith doesn't include lament or questions or wrestling with God. Right. It does not include agonizing loss. It does not include, why, God, have you forsaken me? It does not include, right? It just... Right. So, so right. there are massive, massive issues here that I, I think, although he says, hey, I don't want to hurt anybody in this, that's bullcrap. You, you are hurting people with this. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I want to kind of bang away at a couple of things I, I think I see on this. Right. And I, I was going to, I read the first sentence differently than you did, by the way. So let me, let me pick that nuance because I'm wondering how that oh, okay. plays out. Because for him to say it's hard to write words that are commonly misunderstood, I don't hear it for him as skillfully hard. I hear it as it's hard to be the guy to tell you bad news. And I'm going to be that guy right now. That's how I heard that. Oh, you know, it, I heard it, it yeah. more from like a pride kind of like, you know, tone. So what was me? Whichever. Yeah. Whichever. I got. Well, I got to be the guy. You know, you don't understand how hard it is for me to tell you this. Oh, well, you, like all right. that. That I'm, kind of I'm going to choose to be more gracious. Yeah, you can. That's fine. I'll, I'll hold the other line. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I think so. First of all. Um, I would have issues with the tone of this thing left and right. Secondly, um, he seems to confuse doubt and unbelief. Yeah. Um, Jesus, no question, critiques unbelief. He could not do miracles because of their unbelief, right? He rebukes people of little faith. But, but it wasn't because they had little faith. It was because... They had seen so much, <laughs> and they and they they should have had more because of what they'd seen. 
Yeah. Um, are you still so slow to believe? Now, see that. See, the the kind of unbelief that I think is being criticized here, and and, and in some ways rightly, is okay. I'm just going to marinate in my unbelief and 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 use that as an excuse not to follow, not to risk, not to repent. Fair enough. Uh, and there is a kind of unbelief that is a form of um, revolt, uh, rebellion, right? There's just a, you know, no matter, uh, because there are questions, I'm never going to believe it. And uh, I'm just going to keep milking those questions, never try to resolve them, uh, so that I'm not held accountable for what would happen if it was true. Okay, fair enough. But that is not the vast majority <laughs> of people who are wrestling with big questions as the world becomes globalized and pluralized, yeah, right? That is not the vast majority of people who, are, who upon meeting um, people who love Jesus and who say that they're gay, um, it is not doubting God to go back and say, okay, I got to look at this. It is not doubting God to say, hey, there seems to be this unholy wedding of politics and Christian faith. We really need to reexamine the words of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how the modern church has interpreted them. Right. It's, it's not doubt. It's, it's because I love God and want to honor God that I wrestle with all these questions. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's precisely the opposite attitude of what he describes. This is not idleness. This is not excuse making. This is absolutely because I'm fascinated and compelled by the person of Jesus, because I absolutely adore him, because I want to be like him, and and yet there are parts of the Bible that seem different from him. I got to wrestle with that. Yeah, I have to wrestle with that. And and to me, to call that slander against God dismisses many of the lament psalms. It dismisses lamentations. I mean, it's like this person's never read uh, the laments of the Old Testament, man. And so so you have, so I think he's fundamentally doubting, doubt, he's, he's not doubting, he's fundamentally confusing doubt and unbelief, right? right. There is a stiff-necked rebellion you refuse to believe just because you're rebellious. Yes, that is condemned, no question about it. But does mature faith look like never having questions. Now, and this goes to our second critique, Andy, and the even more damaging one. He (laughs) seems to equate having faith as having confidence in the answers. Mm. And and we spent two or three podcasts. So so if that's what faith is, well, then of course doubting is bad. Right. Right? If faith is just psychological certainty, right? That that I, I not only, I know the answers, but I believe the answers. If that's all faith is, well, then of course doubting is bad. But right. but when you know, and, and you can go back, dear listener, and dig through the archives. How many how many episodes have we done? Do you know? Uh, this is a hundred. This will be a hundred and three, I believe. So I think Dang, faith and doubt. I want to say was like episode four, actually, or well, five. It's it's. I think I think slightly later than that because we spent a lot of uh, time on LGBTQ stuff and judgment and stuff but yeah it's like in the first 10 episodes i think yeah but but we went through and i'm just gonna i'm gonna rehash this just really really quickly to say well faith just isn't psychological certainty so it's like if i could just if i just get if i get rid of my questions then i have biblical faith no that's not it <laughs> uh, profession of faith that is not faith because you know even demons can profess mm-hmm. faith. It's not good theology because you can have convictions that are 100 percent orthodox and still be greedy. 
right? So, right. so we said, and I think this is what the scripture and the word group around the, the word faith teaches, faith is action based on trust. And trust is different than certainty, right? Right. I don't know for sure that my wife isn't in love with uh, Matt Damon. <laughs> um, in fact, I have reason to believe it to be true. And that's why we don't watch Matt Damon movies in, in my house. Um, no, I, that's a bad example. I, I, don't, I don't have, I'm not certain that my wife will be faithful to me. Hmm. Right? Um, and yet, because of our history together, I trust that she would be. So trust <laughs> is a different concept than certainty. Right. Right? Trust is relational. Trust is covenantal. Trust is action. So, so when, when he uses the analogy of, well, hey, it didn't matter how strong or weak their faith was, as long as they put blood on the door, well, crap, putting blood on the door was an expression of faith. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, so it's kind of like, I don't, I don't even see what your analogy, banging away at that analogy does. Um, and, and then we talked about um, faith is honesty within a covenantal relationship. So you have Paul talking about, you know, all truth is God's truth. You have Israel wrestling with the Lord. You, you have room for lament. You have Jude saying, be merciful to those who doubt. You have, you have room for this because it's honest. What God isn't interested in, and you mustering up the psychological certainty um, so that you can convince yourself by just rehearsing facts. No, no. He wants your trust, your adoration, your love, your worship. Um, that is progressive. Does, so, so does mature faith... Does mature faith look like pretending or look like honesty? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the clear biblical teaching is that faith looks like honesty. So Thomas can say, I, I don't buy it from you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. So that, that even the disciples who saw Jesus after his resurrection were still doubting that this whole thing was legit. And Jesus doesn't rebuke them. Right. Right. You know? Um, and, and so I just, I just think... That this article, uh, although it talks about the weak need saints who need wheelchairs and whatever else, I mean, um, <laughs> it just does a just does a rotten, rotten job of of nuancing the fact that in the Christian life there is room, not only room for, but the Bible gives voice to questions and wrestlings and doubts. Yeah, it's not it's 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 not like we don't lack biblical language to go before God and say, "Why have you abandoned me?" Why didn't yeah. you listen to me? Is that slander against God? No, that was covenant fidelity back in the day. Why? Uh, because you're actually addressing God with what it is that you're feeling, with what it is that you're you're bringing to him. You are being honest. And that honesty is included in the, the book of worship that, you know, the church used for generations, the Old Testament Psalms. Right. So, so for me, the two biggest critiques outside of just naive um, are A... There's, there's no, no recognition uh, of, of the stubborn rebuke of unbelief versus the permission to doubt that is given other places. And then secondly, I just think he, he defines faith and doubt in ways that are guilty of massive, massive critiques that just don't fit the biblical narrative about what faith is. Faith is allegiance. And I can have allegiance and thereby demonstrate faith even if I have questions about the object of my allegiance. If his point is, if his point were only, well, yeah, but you want to grow beyond those. 
Okay, great. Absolutely. Right. But one of the ways you grow beyond them is by acknowledging that they're there in the first place and not being shut down when you have them by saying that doubt is slander against God. Right. That's how, that's what moving beyond them begins to look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. Because if he's, and I think we agree on this point, like if, if he's just going after, you know, contentment to sit in that place and be perfectly happy just being like, you know what, I'm just skeptical. And I don't yeah, really, I'm sure, and, and I'm know, sure there are people who do that. And, yes. and I, and you know, and it's like, and I'm just, you know, I maybe, I don't know, I'll sit in this thing for a few years and I'm just not going to do anything about it. I mean, I could see where, cause then he's probably tying it up with like, you know, God looking at us in a lukewarm sense too. Like, you know, you're neither against me nor for me. You're just kind of like, you're a sloth and a sluggard. I mean, it's like, if you're, if he's just going after that, then it's like, well, okay, I can, I can start to arrive at like how, how that could become toxic and unhealthy for any one person just to like, to have all these questions and doubts and skepticism and not do anything about it. And it's like, okay, right, I could right. see how that would fester. And sure. I'd call negative to that. I don't, I don't know that I go as far to be like, it's a slander against God and all those kinds of things. I'm like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really buy that. I mean, but it's like, I could well, see and, how, and where does it, yeah. And where it, does it say it? Yeah, exactly. It's so it's, uses that language. yeah. So it's like, okay. But if we would talk about like, you know, walking alongside someone who's, who's going through that type of thing and saying like, yeah, is there a maturity beyond that? Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps there is, yeah, you know, we, and absolutely. Of course we want to grow in our trust of God. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but the way you, the way you grow in that trust is by acknowledging that trust takes work, that there are questions yeah. uh, and, and that those questions aren't always the most important thing. Right. But if you've just lost your child to leukemia and we're certain because of what you were taught that God would heal your child if you had enough faith. Yeah. And then you, and then you slam on them. <laughs> nope, that doubt is slander against the Almighty. Yeah. I think you've destroyed the person's faith. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so I just think this kind of stuff, I don't know, it, it's it, it bums me out just because um there 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 is a kernel of truth for sure. But um I just don't think it recognizes the convulsions that the church is going through as our insulated bubble now gets exposed to the stories of of men and women across the wider wider world. Yeah. And yes, there are some people wandering from the faith. No question about it. Um uh, because of doubts and uncertainty, but my argument would be far more wander away because they're not given permission to doubt and question rather than those who are given permission and then just choose to rebelliously stay in there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's that's what I've got to say about that, Andy. Yes, well said. All right, all right so let's recap. Okay. Uh, first, first, first section of podcast. Um, we love you, but grow a pair. <laughs> so, so I'm working on that. Second section of podcast. Um, what would we say? On fire. Uh, <laughs> um not not was that was was there no was there enough um boldness i think in that in that part yeah i i mean my screen was cracking on the other end here and yeah yeah you might have to um and, and never be a guy named andy savage just change that name <laughs> especially if... and then don't go on the radio saying well it was flirty and it was this i mean it's kind of like what we were talking about last time just just um, I don't know. I don't know. I think the whole thing is awful and we grieve it and it's horrific. 
and um, you know we join in all with all of you, you know, at the marches and and just saying, hey, this this is a a, a place of comeuppance that's um, I think that's healthy. So um, anyway, again, always appreciate your engagement. Always appreciate your questions and concerns. And um, so thanks for listening. Help us get better. Um, Andy. Yeah. I'm in Ohio. I don't know uh-huh. if you knew that. We still have an Ohio mailing list, correct? Email list? Yes. Okay, yes, we're gonna we do. Use that. We're going to use that this week. Are we now? So okay. If, yep, it's time. So if uh, you live in Ohio, uh, particularly around Columbus, and um, you're interested in finding out a little bit about what we got cooking in Ohio, sign up for this. Where is it, Andy? Uh, VoxOH.com. And there's a place you can sign up? Yeah, it's the only thing on that page. Oh, we have a, <laughs> we have a website? Yeah, my friend. Of course we do. Oh, my goodness, Andy. Oh, wait a See? minute. Hold on just a moment here. Just a moment Oh. Here. Uh-oh. Now it's been a while since we've said it. Hold on, maybe I just got the. Uh, I might. Oh wait. Okay. Hold on. We bought on. this. We bought we, this. What happened? We here? bought it. Is it yeah. Not what happened up? here? Is it not showing up? Search for similar. Welcome to part. Okay. Hold on. What is happening okay. here? Hold so on. Me, what is happening here? Hold okay. on. So you okay. don't have to listen to this anymore. Subscribe. Just email me. How at bizarre. Mike. Mike at Vox. No, 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 no. Don't do that. No, no, no. Don't do that. Hold on. Just go to VoxPodcast.com. You can still subscribe at the top. That still works. I just got to fix the the primary domain heading. So we're fine. Just go to VoxPodcast.com. It's at the top. You can subscribe right there. We don't have Vox Ohio? No, we do. We do. I just, I think the the main domain got unlinked or something weird happened. It doesn't matter. You can get there. Just go to the top. It says subscribe to Ohio email list. Click there and you can subscribe. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay, it's a it's a tight ship. Yeah, as always. All right, Andy, can you I, get this out today? Well, yeah, I got people waiting. We almost threw up a backup episode, and I get I get I a te- the old text at uh, whatever eight p.m. my time last night saying, "Hey, you know, I think I could do a show tomorrow morning." <laughs> yeah, yeah, the voice right. was better. The voice Giddy was up. better. Yeah, you sound so there good. There you go, my brothers and sisters. All right, thanks again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine His face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his counsel to you and give you peace in these days. Until next time, we're grateful for you. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to the Vox Podcast. Learn more about us at voxpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Vox Podcast. And now support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash voxpodcast. <laughs>